Hey everyone, this is uh, Nips and Sips podcast featuring uh, Dr. Jeremy Boyd and Dr. Brandon Cruz. We're going to talk uh, today about uh, niche and practice or kind of treating everyone that we can. That's going to be the main topic of discussion today. I'm going to pass it over to my partner in crime, Brandon Cruz. Uh, just get things going. Thanks, Jer. Yeah, I, th- I think this, this episode is probably going to go into uh, some different bunny holes or, or, or bunny trails, I should say, or rabbit holes. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll get started. Before we, we rock into that, uh, I'm drinking, we'll do our normal introduction here. I'm drinking Buffalo Trace. I think I'm going to drink straight out the bottle today. So I'm drinking oh. straight. Badass. Um, yeah, it's been a, been a rough uh, morning already. Just uh, you know, been out and about, and uh, traffic was just brutal all day. Every turn I made, so I'm just gonna rock it straight like that. What do, what do you got today on tap? Uh, today I'm doing uh, Heroes for Ghost, which is a double IPA from I believe a brewery that I pulled out in the past, Bone Cell Brewing, which is in my local hometown of my clinic in Glassboro, New Jersey. Uh, yeah, pretty good beer. This was given to me by the brewmaster itself. This is actually one of their of their first canning beers. This is this is one of the first ones he said. So it's a uh, it's a pretty good beer. Uh, it's got some more tropical flavors for those IPAs. Uh, I believe he was saying that it has some cantaloupe and mango in it, and some other tropical fruits in it. So pretty delicious beer. Got eight point two percent. So it's gonna it's gonna pack a little bit of a punch and so it's a tall boy today at 16 ounces so hopefully that gives us a good show here but uh i guess we'll talk speaking of glassboro i guess we'll start off maybe talking about our specific practices and uh whether either of us um have gone the niche route or kind of seen it all uh i guess i'll talk about being that i mean glassboro my company's trifecta therapeutics uh we it's trifecta was for sports orthopedics and manual therapy that's kind of how it all got going but um what we kind of evolved to and kind of what our specialty is here we are a a sports practice um so we we treat the gamut of of mostly active individuals or all active individuals um from we we're in a we're in the college town so we're right by rowan university so we see a lot of their athletes we see a ton of CrossFit athletes and powerlifters and just your ex- athletes all around or individuals trying to get more active, get into the gym and those sort of things. So uh, it kind of came that way with just how we were moving, marketing, people were attracted to us. And now it's to the point where um, we have to say no to some clients, uh, unfortunately, or refer them to other places if they don't fit that mold. And I'll kind of go into more details of why I do that, why I think that's beneficial even though as being a business owner and being the clinician, it's kind of, you know, always, always hurts a little when you're essentially turning down business or turning down people that you can help who can essentially refer more people to you. But I'll, t- I'll pass back off to you, Brandon. You can talk about Pursue, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, so, I mean, both of you and I have, have a similar background during the residencies. We kind of touched upon some of this stuff in our first couple episodes. Uh, I'm a, I'm in a manual therapy, uh, fellowship now. So my niche is orthopedics and sports and manual therapy. I, I think we should really kind of de- define what, what a niche quote unquote is. Good point. And I don't know if I have the best definition from one, but what I do know is as a private practice, I'm not seeing 
my stroke and TBI patients and my balance patients and things like that. While I do see, you know, as similar to you, where I'm seeing high school athletes, you probably have a little bit more college athletes. I have, uh, I'm dabbling in, in golf and, and some other volleyball, things like that as well, football. You know, where, where is that line? Because I'll, I'll still take my ACLs that, you know, someone or my, my rotator cuff, who someone who went skiing or snowboarding and had a slip and fall and, and tore it. So it's not 100% sports. And you and I talked about this before where people want to specialize in sports, but that's a subcategory of orthopedics. Mm-hmm. You have to be good at orthopedics. And I've had, I've had this discussion with people, and I don't know if I have the right answer. And I guess we're just going to be kind of talking out loud a little bit with some of this stuff. Um, you know, do, do you turn away those, those people? Or like a TMJ, like I'll treat my TMJ patients. I like treating them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have my spine patients I, I treat. Uh, you know, my random, um, what what's that? See, Crips patients uh, I'll see as well. With, with all good outcomes, uh, I think my, my training or our training and residency and fellowship has, has led us the ability to do that and maybe widened our quote-unquote niche. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there is a saying, if uh, I'm going to butcher the saying, actually, I should Google it right now while we're on the phone <laughs> here. Um, if you don't have, if you don't have a, a niche or if you don't have someone you're marketing to, you have nobody. Let, let me, I'm going to pass it off to you. I'm going to look up this exact saying. Uh, but yeah, it, it kind of goes to business and, and things like that. But what, what are your thoughts on kind of what I just said? Because, you know, I, I'll be honest, we're, we're, in the, we're in the middle of figuring this stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been open three years. You've been open a year and a half. Uh, you know, and, and we're, while we have our, our goals and our vision for our practice, you, it changes and you have to kind of go with the ebbs and flows to some extent. And hopefully this podcast will lend it as, um, you know, just another vantage point really for, uh, those therapists who want to open up their own practice and kind of don't know where to go uh-huh. and are hearing from people, Oh, you have to do it this way. And, and maybe that's not the case, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on some of the points I just brought up there? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's, it's a lot based off of your training and your, your comfort levels of those sort of things. And um, yeah, I've kind of gone just kind of where the clinic kind of evolved to a sense where, Yes, I do see we had a TMJ client a little while ago and those sort of things. He was young and active, but his TMJ injury wasn't, you know, due to him playing football or something. It was just a stressed college student. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of you got to kind of go with the flow and those sort of things. And I kind of view as your niche as, you know, what's going to bring most of your clients to your door? Uh, what are your marketing efforts towards? So. For us, we market towards our, our efforts, towards our events are towards the younger, more active population. Yes, we do get some people outside of that. I'll be honest, I have a soft spot for anybody in the military. So we have a client who she was, I forget which war, but she's in her close to 70 uh, and was in the Navy. And she obviously didn't, she didn't fit our model very much, but we have her working out just as hard as anyone else we put a weighted vest on her and made her do like step ups and um squats and all these sort of things and that wasn't really her goal but it kind of she kind of took form of of the clinic itself so um 
that's that's kind of it is you have to kind of be a little bit open you have to especially uh your your when you start off and I, I remember when I started the clinic was you know how can you say no or anything like that but how do you make yourself look unique which is the, I guess the main essence of a, a niche is what makes you stand out more than let's say your bigger larger more corporate competitors um it's like oh do I do I see everyone or don't I so I definitely wanted to kind of go in with, all right, I want to see this type of population so they can refer other people to, um, to me. And as you were saying before, like your rotator cuff and stuff like that, yes, it may have been an older individual, but it was someone skiing or something like that. Um, but someone like that is probably going to know someone also in your type of niche and style. And clients get a feel, once they're in the door, get a feel for, who you are, what you represent, what your culture is, and likely and hopefully they refer more clients kind of who fit that mold as things go along. So I'll pass it. Did you, did you find that, that quote there? Cause yeah. I'm getting so the thirsty over here. When, when everyone is your customer, no one is your customer. Mm-hmm. Right? When you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. It's perfect. So, and uh, actually it's saying Meredith Hill said that, so we'll go, we'll give her the credit, but um, it, I guess when you're talking about starting up as well, and this is something I always, um, I guess, have conversations with myself a lot on. I know you and I have, have probably talked about this at some point, you know, especially when you're starting out. Do, do you just take everybody to get through the door? Uh, do you, you know, start on early and narrow right away? You know, just start. I only treat, you know, X, Y and Z. Uh, from the from the jump, is that something that comes with time, where after you've been working uh, and you've built a reputation in that time, you know, in five, ten, fifteen years, now you're able to say, all right, I'm only seeing these type of patients, and then you're kind of delegating to hopefully you have staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, and I know you're talking about going to, to fellowship, and I think this is going to talking about a um, a bunny trail we've had conversations where you, we talk to other therapists who we feel are uh, missing the boat mm-hmm. and may, maybe that's our opinion, but they're like, Oh, I'm a soft tissue therapist. Or I'm a manual therapist. I'm a loading therapist. <laughs> and it's like, how about you be a therapist that, you know, solves whatever the patient's issue is, mm-hmm. whether that at the point in time is manual therapy or that's loading the patient or that's soft tissue or that's pain science or, or whatever the case may be. I'm tired of this segregation and kind of niching out to an extent of I only load. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Uh, so I, I don't. I don't know. I feel like you know I could. could I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Re, you know, come back from that because I could easily go down a tangent. On that <laughs> one. But you know, where where does that that niche come out um, over time? And I'm gonna now dive into something else in terms of uh, business. As a whole, I'm going to say physical therapists aren't the best business-minded people, myself included. I'll put myself in the me front too, of that Me list. too, me too. But, you know, we, we need to start marketing ourselves and running a business like a business. And, you know, do we, you know, like you, you kind of use that example. and Maybe that's a, a rare, not, not the typical, but you had a 70-year-old patient. But let's say a patient's 50-year-old. You know, and they kind of conform to that clinic. Well, now you brought someone in who maybe normally wouldn't you have taken, but probably had a good experience and liked it. And who knows, you know, where that's going to go. You know, at the end of the day, 
the business, not to say we should do everything for money and not to sound shallow, but you know, if you're going to pass up something orthopedic just because it's not your quote unquote niche, I don't know, where does that leave you? Where's mm-hmm. us? And also, where does that, where is this profession trending? And I think you and I have talked about probably doing a, a podcast on this is just where, where do we see the future going? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you're right. In the case of that lady, I mean, you know, she didn't fit our model, but she was surprisingly without asking first one to write a review for us. We even asked her, in all honesty, I didn't even think she knew how to go on Google, but she, she, she got on there and wrote a, a story about us. So things like that, again, if I was, you know, too shallow, I'm like, no, you're, you're too old for this sort of place. Um, it, you know, you don't fit in then, you know, I would have lost that and I would have lost making it better for someone. And especially also for, for me in my case, it's like, all right, I, I feel not that I'm a, a savior or a knight of physical therapy. It's like people who had a poor experience for physical therapy. And if someone's to come to your clinic and they wanted to come to you and let's say you highly specialize, but they, you know that you deliver a good care. And they're like, well, I had physical therapy before I go somewhere else. And I'm not having the best experience. Do you turn them down or do you try and me in my case, I try to, you know, give essentially PT another shot. Um, so that's kind of, you know, what we try to do and everything like that, but also to kind of play devil's advocate in our clinic, we've been you know blessed to, to have a handful, like five, six professional athletes, and then also the college population and, you sometimes hear us in our in their cases. I come here because, you know, it's not. Well, the last place I was at was, you know, grandma, grandma, grandma. I'm working out doing the same exercises as grandma. Um, but you know, what I'll try and explain is, yeah, if you're next to the table, grandma, grandma's working out doing different things. She's working hard, and you're doing totally different things, and it doesn't seem to to make a negative effect. So ultimately is it's how you treat your clients and how you deliver your culture onto them. So, all right. Yeah. You know, everyone's going to kind of fit the mold that you establish. So that's kind of my opinion on things and um, you know, how we kind of, you know, whoever kind of comes into the door, if we agree that you're going to come into our door, how you're going to kind of hopefully adopt our, our mentality. Yeah. And, I know you still, I don't know if you still do this, but I know when you first started up, you had that contract that patients had to sign. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, you still do that? I thought that was, that was unique. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sorry, Mitt, did you say, yeah, you still do it? No, no I said, oh, yeah, because it was like nostalgic uh, for, right, for so, me for a little so. bit. We still occasionally, it's more of a um, now kind of, there are certain clients that I kind of feel out yeah. like, they're a little bit hesitant or they're, you know, maybe some young kids and they don't seem like they're, you know, obviously going to be compliant with things. Uh, so it's more picking and choosing. Now, obviously, I have the luxury of my own place. I can talk to those people about those things. So I'll just kind of explain as it goes. Um, but uh, pretty much I was like, all right, it depends on my time. I'll pull out the contract. And I was just actually talking to my student, Justin, about that. I was just like, I should show you that, and I really should bring that back out more frequently versus being case by case. Just kind of make it back to part of the the model. But yeah, it was essentially, it was a thing was 
my promise to the client, the client's, you know, obligation to the, to therapy and, you know, tie it all off together. And we both signed and stuff. So patients appreciate that. And, uh, um, again, kind of fulfilled that buy-in and everything. So, like that. so but, qu- question but, when you're, let's say, uh, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, your top dog, everybody in the Glassboro era knows you, you're the guy to go to. And you could kind of now begin to pick and choose who you're seeing. Are you re-implementing that contract where, or maybe it's not that contract formally, but, um, you know, where you're like, all right, you're abiding by this, you're, you know, making that patient accountable. And that's, you know, something we kind of talked about in the pain science and some of the other uh, lecture or podcasts that we've had where, you know, some of the rehab, that patient and client needs to take some responsibility and you're not, or we're not as providers supposed to be the, you know, the saving grace. And I believe I was talking to uh, Adrian Lowe. This was a few years ago. I mean, he has, he's been practicing. He's a, he's um, you know, someone I look up to in this profession and with all the research. And I believe he has like a three month wait, he said for patients. And if they like miss an appointment or if they don't, um, if they come to, to an appointment and haven't been doing their, their, I guess, home exercise program or whatever he assigns, he basically kind of cuts the cord on them. And he's pretty quick about it. Obviously, you know, we're not what he is, and he's been in this way longer. Uh, and I, I don't know what exactly his style is, so I don't want to go out and speak on his behalf or anything like that. But uh, when, I, when I did hear that, I was, I was pretty, pretty impressed with that. Uh, but I also think you kind of need to develop some some credibility or equity within, uh, I guess, your region. And obviously, he's done that. He's more than done that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I totally, totally would. I mean, I think the reason why I went down the route that I did was because where I used to work before, you got, I don't want to say entitled individuals or anything like that, but people in, who felt like, the physical therapist has to do all the work to fix me. And if I'm not better, it's the physical therapist's fault. I can come into the clinic being salty and pissed off at them. Where I'm like, oh, have you done your exercises? Or I saw you only once a week when I said I need to see you three times a week after your your uh, post-op procedure or something of that nature. Um, so I think I went down this, you know, this route of you know, more active individuals who are hungry to get better because that's what motivated them. But if it was to, you know, I hope to get to that point where, yeah, I would, that contract holds them liable to doing what they need to do. Um, and that way I can say, listen, you know, we have people waiting or we have people who are trying to have your time slot or anything like that. And you're not holding your up, your, your end of the bargain. Um, so, you know, I would. You know, I definitely would implement that. And I think, again, I'll probably re-implement those things because of that. Is That's what I want. I want people who are 100% bought in. I always tell my, my students, I tell myself, you know, it's about getting that buy-in with all your clients. You know, establishing a business or establishing a caseload is if you don't get the buy-in, then you whether you're working for someone, you'll just see, you know, 20, 30 evals. I had a, had a, had a resident who just seen eval, eval, eval all over at, his, uh, at the clinic that he worked at. It was because his patients kept dropping off and off and off because he wasn't establishing that connection and wasn't establishing that buy-in. So that's what I'd want, you know, contracts, things like that. 
um, can definitely solidify those sort of things. And that way you're, you're motivated, you're energized to treat those clients versus, all right, my doctor said to come here. Um, yeah, fix me. And then again, you kind of lose the energy a little bit, at least I do. Um, so, but totally. And yeah, Adrian Lowe, again, he's probably one of the people I look up to the most and those sort of things. And he, uh, he, he establishes this, you know, from the get go is kind of establishing that, that alliance with all his clients in order to, to, to make sure that, you know, when you get to his point, you're ready hundred percent. And I think that whether, whatever field specialty you're in, whether it's narrow balance, orthopedic sports, having all your clients being there hundred percent invested in what you're going to give them. I think that's the best thing of a niche or anything or being a clinician. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you uh, and to um, dive now further. I know we're kind of switching here, but diving further into the niche part, uh, you know, we've got orthopedics or well, for intensive purposes, we'll say orthopedics and sports. And how about, uh, I guess your thoughts on people who, I guess, even sub niche into only seeing baseball or only seeing soccer or only seeing golf or something like that. I mean, good for you if you can. I mean, we went to the, what, the TPI course yeah. and pretty much most of those instructors only well, see golfers. Well, golf professionals, instructors, so that's Ex- a little different. They, they, the, on the well, clini- I, I personally think that's a little different than on the clinician's side a bit. Yeah. Me personally, I mean, I mean, good for you. I mean, if you can establish a successful practice, I mean, I believe you'd be limiting what you can and what you can provide to, I guess, the community itself. Um, but I mean, I, I want, I want to help out as many people as I can. I obviously with the people that are active and want to be there. Um, so, but you know, if you can do it, you know, you're great, but I mean, places like that, you're gonna, you're gonna need to have, uh, a large population to do that. And I personally like the extreme variability. This is just me. I like the variability of the day. You know, I like to have, you know, multiple different entries. I, the a true sports of Phil that I was at, um, I loved it. I learned so much with them. Uh, it was elite sports, physical therapy. Uh, Sharon Wentworth was my CI, amazing sports, physical therapist. Uh, her niche was ACL. So, it was like 80 to uh, times 90% of the caseload was all ACL reconstructions. So it was fun. Yes, they played different sports, mainly soccer, uh, football, lacrosse, uh, volleyball, and gymnastics. But it was ACL, 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 which is fine. Sometimes people love that sort of stuff. I worked with a gal. All she saw was total knee replacements, and she seemed like she enjoyed her job. Me personally – I like to mix it up where, again, I'm getting a TMJ and the very next person is, you know, uh, ankle impingement. The very next person after that is low back pain. person after that is patellofemoral pain syndrome. So then you're kind of tapping into multiple conditions versus, oh, I'm only, I'm only a golfer. I can only go there. So from a business perspective, you know, I think it would be better to see, obviously, multiple conditions and stuff. But, All right, well, again, well, if you – Sorry. Finish up. I go ahead. Go. That was probably probably where it um, ended. So basically, I kind of know where you're going with that. 
um, and I'm not going to follow it up with a similar question. Now, I, I asked about, and I'm going to give you my answer in a second. You know, we were talking about subspecialty in sports. What about subspecialty in ortho? And, and you, you were kind of talking about it, which is why I wanted to jump in and just kind of narrow this question down. Those therapists or those people that want to just specialize in seeing just hips or just knees um, or just shoulders uh, as – you know, as their primary, I guess, niche there. What What are your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm assuming it's similar to what you just said. I mean, yeah, I guess it's a similar thing where, I mean, if you can do it, great. But, I mean, for us, like me and you went through a residency, you're going through a fellowship. I mean, ultimately, my my perspective is try and make the physical therapy profession greater. Uh, you, we, we, me and you talked about it uh, a couple of times. There's research out there suggesting all the people with musculoskeletal pain is what, like we see 6%, 8% of them. I think, yeah. Probably. I think it's now 10, but yeah, at, at the time it was 7%. 10% where you, we seem like we're the middleman still where we need referrals. Uh, we're not totally treated in my opinion, but like doctors, no one calls their physical therapist, doctor, so-and-so unless you establish that. Ultimately I want to see. The profession get great that's kind of what I was talking about before if, if you went to a place that you didn't have a good experience i want to be you know i give that physical therapy another shot so you know especially with orthopedics or anything like that you know i think it would be good to to see beyond just one thing so you can help out multiple people and then therefore you know expand the right like to other people you, you treat one good person like, oh, my God, you know, physical therapy worked for me. It's not like it was 10 years ago. It was pain and torture. And now they're telling five more people. And now we're expanding that 10%. Hopefully, within a couple of years, we're at 15. And then eventually, because based on our training, we're one of the top highly trained musculoskeletal professions out yeah. there. We should be seeing more. So that's my opinion on that. So... Uh, and this is, I guess, more for the, the younger, the new grads, the younger clinicians who may be getting caught up with all the shit that they see on Instagram and whatever the fuck else is out there. Um, <laughs> and I've had this conversation in fellowship as well. And I'm going to err towards the side on, on the orthopedic side where people want to niche in a hip or niche and I only see shoulders. And... I, I think at, in our profession that that's no good. I mean, if you're a, you're a surgeon and stuff, where all you're doing is hips and or, or knees, like great, that that's all you're doing. I want the best. I want somebody who this is all they do and they've developed their skill and, and everything on one particular body part. That's fine. But what we do, it, it's so in the gray, and there's so much regional interdependence that's in our, uh, you know, as what we do with physical therapists in our profession, that if, you know, you're only treating the hip and you're not familiar with the spine, well, guess what? You're probably missing 75% of hip pathologies because it's probably coming from the back. Um, mm-hmm. If you're only treating knees, you know, you're probably missing, you know, 25 or so percent of that because there's, there's hip referral pain that goes yep. down to the knee it's back oh, yeah. pain that goes down to the knee so to to want to niche as i'm only seeing this or i'm only good as this i think you're you're backing yourself into a corner as a clinician forget business as a clinician where you're you're just not going to provide your patient with the the best outcomes because you're probably going to be missing and overlooking 
other aspects when it comes to that regional interdependence or just referral patterns uh, and examination. Uh, so I think what makes a, a really good therapist, at least in the orthopedic and sports realm, is having the knowledge to bridge the gap between different body parts and different injuries and even different sports. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it should even go, I know you're we talking about surgeons and stuff like that, but even them, like they getting in such a closed <clears throat> box is super detrimental, obviously not to them. They're going to get paid a boatload regardless, but to their clients, like we had where I used to work, we had this hand surgeon of part of a bigger group that was trying to spread their reach to multiple towns. Uh, so they put a, a clinic there, but they left as the main person to see someone as the main, like they didn't have any other orthopedist at that particular facility was a hand surgeon. So the hand surgeon was seeing everyone. And I can be honest with you. We, we, we made it almost a joke in the clinic. Every time we got a referral, cause actually the only thing she didn't refer for was hands. It was pretty much off the mark. So it, that's only the clients that we saw. So that's, other interventions that she might have been giving, whether it be injections or anything like that, were probably detrimental to the client and everything like that. So, you know, to again be so hyper focused or specializing like that, as, whether it's be physicians or physical therapists, uh, as you said, you had a nail on the head there. Um, it, I don't think it, it is a good thing for for anyone. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that's your experience with that. I'm not going to talk too much on, on that physician side because I don't know what they're. Uh, whole schooling is and I, and I would like to think if you're specializing in hand surgery you, you probably went through some type of intense residency or fellowship training that probably she should probably maybe hopefully should have stuck to that that wrist and hand but uh, mm -hmm. she was really good at that. that great great with that but again she was like seeing yeah. knees and backs and those sort yeah. of yeah so. well i mean that's but, probably uh, operating out of your, your scope of practice so mm -hmm. you know but all right, I know uh, both of us have kind of to run, so I I think uh, any other any other parts you want to add to that, Jer? I think we covered a good amount, and hopefully that's some good food for yeah. thought uh, for some people out there. I don't know if we gave any actual answers, but I don't think that was really the point. It's it's just us kind of talking through some of our experiences here and, and some of the conversation we've had with some other people, and you know each person is going to find a golden nugget out of this themselves. So. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that. No, no, I think we had a good uh, banter about everything, and uh, um, I'll leave it at that. And hopefully we help some people, maybe a couple people starting off or some clinicians trying to think which way to go. I know I was in this situation at one point where I was offered a job um, to be in a sports place where, again, see mostly ACLs, but I'm happy that I went down more the 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 broad route, went to orthopedics and stuff, and I not looking back since, so I'm very happy with my decision. Um, with that being said, uh, nice rev of the engine over there. Um, but uh, we'll uh, conclude things. Uh, we'll kind of go over our, our handles and everything. If anyone uh, needs any advice or mentorship or any questions or anything like that or wants to give us any advice, we always appreciate it. Um, or any, you know, obviously some suggestions on our SIPs. Uh, our handles are uh, my personally is the decent doctor. Uh, my company is at Trifecta Therapeutics. Uh, Brandon, you're at Think Like a Fella. Correct. 
and and at Pursue PT now. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us on our social media for the actual podcast itself at Minips and Sips. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I hope everyone had a good. All night. right, see you, everybody. Good job, Jer. We'll see you. All right, cheers.